Welcome to Podcaster News Show, episode number 38. This is the podcast where we look at some recent newsworthy items from podcasting that weren't quite enough for us to cover them on the podcasternews.com website. On their own, my name is Sean Thorpe, and I am joined by... I am Jen Thorpe. And what's the first item on our list today, Jen? The first item on our list comes from The Guardian, by uh, written by Emma Shepard, and it is titled, Podcasting, It Builds Trust, Credibility, and Brand Loyalty. Which is, it sounds like a sales pitch, but the article's got some substance here, actually. And it's got examples of, like, four people, I think, who started doing a podcast, and it has helped their business or helped them start a business. Like the first one on here is a woman that she was a knitter and she just wanted to meet other people that knit. And she wanted to know like, what are you knitting? What patterns are you using? Where do you get your yarn? All of these kinds of things that only knitters want to know or possibly people that crochet, you know? Yeah. Um, but she's a knitter. So that's what she started with. And eventually she was able to start a business uh, around the podcast. She started with the podcast and kind of ended up with the business as well about um, uh, like niche yarn, like specialized hand-dyed right. yarn, you know, mm -hmm. that only knitters would want. It's a small group, you know, well, if you look at the whole population of people's interests, but out of that group, I mean, this is like exactly what people would want. Yeah, and there are a few other examples here, and I think what's good about this article is it's not an article about hey, this is how you turn a podcast into a business or this is how you make money podcasting. They're showing how a podcast can be a supplement to something you're already doing or something that, you know, is related to the podcast, I guess. So Right. Like there's another one here where they are, you know, this guy is part of a craft beer company. We brought beer. We brought beer. And um, so they started a podcast about it, but they didn't just do a podcast about like, oh, here's a beer and here's a, and we're going to taste it and this is what we think. Yeah. They're actually, you know, providing more detail um, about it and, you know, things like what do you pair, what food do you pair with this kind of beer and, and all this other stuff. Um, and so people can listen to the podcast and then go buy beer from We Brought yeah. Beer. There's a really good summary here of, I think, kind of what the gist of this article is. And uh, this is a quote in a paragraph from uh, one of these uh, We Brought Beer guys. And he says, we're a beer retailer. That's how we make our money. But I always want to add value in whatever we, we can. It's about enhancing people's experience of beer. And I think that is a nice summary of what they're trying to get at in this article. It's not, again, not that this is how you make money with a podcast is how you can use a podcast to enhance a business that you may already have. Right. It's and, not It's not the idea of I'm going to start a podcast and get rich. It's right. here's a thing I'm already doing. I can do a podcast and offer more. So they've got to a, a specific group of listeners too. Yeah. It's not, these are like not ones for everyone is going to, you know, not everyone is, going to want to listen to a podcast about beer and not everyone right. is going to want to listen to a podcast about knitting but some people really want to exactly and they've got a couple other examples here uh the lawyer uh the financial advisor so we'll leave those there if if uh you want to 
go read up on them more, then uh, you can get the link out of the show notes from this episode, number 38. So next up on our list, Why It's Time to Start Writing About Podcasts as Culture by Carolyn Crampton for New Statesman. And we've got a couple articles this go around that are kind of on the same tip. But what she's going after here is she would like to see more coverage about podcasts in the way that other mediums or art forms are talked about. So we kind of accept that there's a mainstream, if you will, for, say, like movie criticism or music criticism or TV, you know, coverage of TV shows and stuff like that. And also books. And and books, yeah. That's a big one. It's been around for a long time, too. Books is probably, of all these, is probably the one that's been around the longest. Probably. And we do have, like, you can read professionally done book reviews in the New York Times, I think. Yeah. They used to do it. I assume they still do because they have, like, a a top ten list they put out. So. Um, one would assume if you're reading about it in the New York Times that whatever this person has to say about whatever book they're reviewing is probably credible. They've probably read the book more than likely and um, have some actual insightful thoughts about what they think or why they think it based on what they found in the book. We don't have that so much for podcasting. We really don't. And I feel like I've seen this more. I mean, even people on some of the podcasting forums I'm on, you know, people are asking Things like, well, why isn't there, say, a Goodreads for podcasts? And you can make an argument that, you know, the iTunes store has its space for ratings and reviews, but it does leave a lot to be desired. And of course, not everyone uses iTunes. So, you know, you don't, like, if you, if you're, if you want to say, pick up a new book and you're not sure what to do, you know, you can go to a site like Goodreads and dig around, see what people are talking about. And and if you make an account there and start putting in some books that you've read yeah, and rating them, they'll start mm-hmm. suggesting things to you. And there just isn't really anything like that for podcasts. And while there are some sites online that may have uh, columns about podcasting, there isn't really... Any kind of a definitive go-to source, either from sort of the Goodreads uh, crowdsourced perspective or the quote-unquote professional perspective like you might get from, you know, an established uh, newspaper or magazine or other Or even movie reviewers like Roger Ebert. He was the, you know, he was big. Yeah. You know, if Roger Ebert liked a movie or didn't like a movie, he would tell you why. Yeah, and uh, you can you know assume from there if you would like the movie or not like the movie, but he at least you know he saw the movie and you know he gave it a lot of thought. Yeah, and there's a couple things in this article that I liked. I I am a bit skeptical of articles, and this one isn't exactly in this direction. But one thing that we've seen a lot of over the last few years is these pundits come out and they say that, well, podcasting has a fundamental problem with discovery and it's either from the perspective of 
it sucks, it's broken, here's why, end of story, or it sucks, it's broken, and here's our new app slash platform slash whatever that's going to fix it. And I tend to be skeptical of those, but this one at least is written by someone who definitely has, first of all, is not offering, is not someone who's not pitching a service. So right. there's that. But they are saying, like, if you look at the top of the article, this article is here to introduce their new weekly podcast column. Oh, see, I completely missed that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're going to write about, you know, what the article kind of goes into why, you know, hey, we don't have, you know, a yeah. specific, like, where you can go to look for reviews of podcasts kind of thing. We don't have anything definitive about who's a good source for that or who's a professional or who's, you know, whatever. Um, so, and she goes into reasons why, you know, and, and what she's thinking about in podcasting and stuff like that. So she's uh, actually started for yeah. uh, this, uh, what is it? The New Statesman. There's going to be a weekly podcast column. Now, I'm not sure if it's going to be, uh, here is a podcast and here is my review, much like you would do maybe a book review. Yeah. Or if it's going to be more along the lines of what we're writing about, you know, <laughs> like here's things going on about podcasting and here's what I think or whatever. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. It might be interesting to, you know, pay attention to this yeah. link and see what comes up next. Um, but, you know, it's... Uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting concept. I think, like, I've done a ton of book reviews, not professionally, just for fun, because I read a lot, or I used to read a lot. I really need to get back on that. But um, this, the the thing that comes to mind for me as someone who's done quite a bit of writing about book reviews, you know, reviewing books, um, how do you review a podcast? Do you pick an episode and review that episode individually? Do you uh, review... I don't know, 10 episodes and kind of guess as to this is what the podcast is like. Do you go from their older stuff or their newer stuff? Do you like, how do you know what to start with, with the podcast that's been around for a while? Yeah, those are all fair questions. And I guess we'll have to see what this column shapes up as my biggest pre <laughs> complaint, which, you know, uh, if we have any regular listeners of this show, you probably guessed it, but my assumption is we're going to see a lot of talk here about the stuff that gets coverage everywhere else. So it's going to be whatever's new from Gimlet or, you know, whatever the, the new hotness is from well, NPR. That or would WNYC, be basically how book reviews go, though. You know what I mean? And how movie yeah, reviews go. Like, it's the yeah. big, you know, movie companies that get the reviewers to come in and review yeah, the movie. The it's not like the, you know, the the film festival stuff, you know, as much. The, that's true. But the difference is the reason that something like movie reviews exist is because there's still a notion. I mean, you know, criticism of the medium or the art form is fine, but there's still a notion out there that people are going to movies en masse and are considering before they go, what should I see? What should I give my money and my time to? There's, you know, a bunch of new movies out right now and I don't really know anything about them. So my local and or trusted movie critic source is going to inform me and that will help me to not wind up wasting my time and money. And there isn't 
really much of a money waste when it comes to listening to new podcasts. There could be They're a time free. waste. Yeah, there could be time because it takes time to listen to one. But but, be, yeah. but in in a world where they're on much more of an equal footing, I would like to see, or I would hope to see in something like this, that it's not just going to be, well, here's the latest from Earwolf. Here's the late, you know, we're, we're going to devote a lot of column space now to whatever Mark Marin is doing this week or whatever the case is. And, you know, Nothing we'll, against Mark Barron, of course. No, but, but we'll um, yeah. yeah, we'll I'll have to try to keep track of this thing when it launches and see what it looks like. So I I feel like we've devoted enough to this, Steve. Right, you? yeah. Okay. And definitely go read the article to get the full, you know, details about it. But um these are just our thoughts as we read it earlier today. Next uh, up on the list, please, please, for the love of God, do not start a podcast by Ryan Holiday for Thought Catalog. And at first, I was reading this, and I was not very happy with this article. But as it goes on, it does start to make more sense to me, and it does actually sway me in the direction, I think, of where this writer is going. Because at first, I'm sitting here going, okay, this is somebody that is not happy that you know podcasting is a medium is effectively open and anyone who wants to can start a podcast and a lot of people do it and they suck etc etc but as it goes on he's kind of singling out the what's the word i want the bubble of podcast producers who are sort of following very canned formats and they're they're not really emotionally passionate or invested in the podcasts they're making. They're just doing it as you know, kind of uh, an afterthought, I guess. And he's talking about you know uh, people that uh, do interview podcasts, and they just kind of have the same set of questions. They're not really actually researching the person that they're interviewing or you know it's just it's just uh as as he says here just they're they're just half-assing it they're not really putting everything in and I thought yeah I can kind of relate to that and I feel like maybe at a level though again maybe I'm reading into this with my own prejudices intact but I kind of feel like he's aiming this squarely at the rise of business slash marketeer podcasts. I kind of got that impression as well. And I thought that that, I mean, maybe that's what, what turned me around because I'm not really a, a big fan of that space in general. Right. So maybe once I was able to uh, gain, I don't know, Jen, tell me if I'm right about this. Once I was able to confirm my own confirmation bias, maybe. Well, it's a very was, human thing to do. It, may, it may maybe not then be the I most, started to yeah. like it more. Yeah, that's a very human thing to do. It's it's not an unbiased thing to do, but humans, <laughs> as a human, you know, people do this. Um, yeah. And I want to clarify a little bit. This is written by Ryan Holiday, but he is writing in reference to, he was at a conference where there was someone named Jordan yeah, Harbinger from, uh, from Art, of um, Charm. Art of Charm speaking, and that he is the person who said, don't start mm -hmm. a podcast. And he was saying how, 
you know, that was kind of a brave thing to say in a room full of people that are waiting to hear how they can start their first podcast and make lots of money, you know, right. <laughs> don't start a podcast. And I thought that was interesting. But um, it is, you know, you can kind of tell like I early on in, you know, the short history here of the podcaster news show, I was interviewing people and I was using the same questions, but I was altering them slightly based on who I was talking to. Sure. And as the interview went on, um, you know, we kind of branched into things or pulled more things out that were relevant, you know, that weren't necessarily on the set of questions. But well, and, I and did give people questions because I didn't want to do like a gotcha thing and have someone be like, oh, I have no idea. You know, I, I didn't know you'd ask that kind of thing, you know. Well, and um, I, I so think... there's a different way of doing it. But I think what we're talking about with in reference to this article is, you know, people that like randomly sort of spam people that they think would be good for right. their show because, oh, uh, my show's about business and you're a business person or something like that, you know, something very big and vague, you know, <laughs> and then they just start spamming people saying, oh, will you be on my show here? Pick a time. And they've got these pre-canned questions and they don't take a minute to go, you know, learn about the person they've just asked to be on their show. Yeah. You know, which I did take some time to kind of at least, you know, figure out who they are, what they do. Some of the people I interviewed, I, you know, known before, you know, through the internet, essentially. Um, so, you know, that kind of thing. I get it. There's a difference. There's a difference between I'm just putting together a show because I want to make a podcast and let's just get this over with and asking people questions because they really wanted to know. Like my thing I was focusing on early on in Podcaster News Show was women in podcasting because I, there is still... Uh, you know, it is still mostly men, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, it is still mostly white men and this is changing, you know, but I wanted to kind of help it change and kind of point out these women are podcasters. Here's what they do. Here's their show. Here's what they're working on. Here's where you can find them and you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so it was kind of coming from a place of passion. You yeah. know, it wasn't just like, you know, what he's talking about here where, you know, it's just the, it, it's, it's like the opposite of the thing we were talking about earlier, like the woman that loved to knit that decided to do a podcast because she loved knitting yeah, and wanted to really talk about it with others and, and all this stuff. And this passion is there. This seems to be uh, don't start a podcast if you're intending to do sort of a formulaic canned, uh, you know, process without any passion involved. You know, people can mm -hmm. tell people can tell if they're interested, if you're interested in what you're talking about. Or if you're just sort of like, you know, phoning it in and sometimes literally, you know, yeah. <laughs> but um, that kind of thing, you know, it is the difference between a job and something you love to do for work. You know what I mean? Right. It's that kind of thing. And, you know, most people aren't making money off of their podcast. So why do it if you're just going to provide this canned thing because everyone else is doing it and you well, suddenly think that this is the way to make money or something? Now, it's funny you know? because I think a lot of people would say... And this goes back to the first article that we talked about. A lot of people would say, well, I'm not podcasting to make money. I'm doing it as an addendum or sort of a content marketing piece to a business I have that revolves around providing a service. A lot of times it's some kind of, you know, I don't know, business coaching or life coaching or what have you, which is certainly different than a company that is a retail beer company that is, you know, actually adding value to the products that they're selling. Well, but it's, it's the difference it's between the same vein, It's the difference between a passionate person who loves what they what they do and loves what they're talking about and really wants to talk to other people that love it too, yeah. and get their insight, and someone who's basically saying, "I have this job, and I'm going to do a podcast to sort of make like a commercial for my job, but make it not sound like a commercial." 
Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a huge difference there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, our next uh, item on the list here is called uh, Five Secrets Coming from a Finalist of the Best Business Podcast. And this was posted on the podcast engineer site. There was no author name listed so i don't see an author on this and that usually makes me like if you're doing blogs about podcasting or anything else i am hesitant to consider information credible if there's no name of a person attached to it unless unless what you have is something like you know editorial team then okay there's people Uh, behind it and then i can kind of do it maybe um but if there's no person i kind of go <laughs> well, this so that's one, just me. This may be my own bias coming sure, through here. You know, sure. I started to read over this, and the reason that I decided to include it is there were some things in here that I thought were just really bad ideas. If you're talking about, okay, because this is kind of geared towards, uh, you know, tips, if you will, for people that. Well, okay, it says here whether you're a beginner or have been podcasting for some time. But I have some things on here that I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Uh, Podcasting tip number one, start with a live stream video. Okay, that's fine, but that's a really bad thing to do when you're first starting out and you're just sort of getting the hang of how to do things. You're doing, you know, any, any kind of media live adds three or four layers of complexity to just the act of producing a podcast, which is kind of potentially already complex enough. Well, especially if you're just starting out. You so know? I, I'm, I'm not someone who automatically says everyone should live stream the show that they do, especially with a live stream video. It's one thing even to do it with audio, but you know, add video now, you're adding even more layers onto layers. And you know and, the other thing too is if you're doing a live streamed video through whatever medium you chose, you know Facebook, Twitch, you know whatever, um, you know Google Hangouts, are they still is that yeah. still around? Okay, yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, well, Periscope. You know if you're choosing yeah. any of these any of these mediums and you're you're doing a live podcast, you have to not only make sure your tech is good, you have to have a plan for if all of this crashes and burns, you know, some kind of, you know, your internet goes out or whatever, you know, your your uh, stuff doesn't work for some reason. You have to figure out what you're going to do for that. You're going to have to figure out, like, if you blank out or start, you know, make, explaining things differently than you intended or some kind of goof, what are you going to do? You can't edit that out. It's there. So you kind of have to plan around that. And at the same time, you're going to have all these people, you know, very quickly writing you comments about things as you go that are going to be a couple minutes behind your speaking you know, so I mean, if yeah. it's a lot to juggle on your own, and I don't think everybody is cut out for that. I don't think every topic of every podcast fits well with that. I can see if you're at an event, you know, yeah, like, okay, BlizzCon is happening in the last couple of days from when we're recording this show, and a lot of people who play video games went there. It would make sense for them to maybe do a little live streamed you know, Periscope thing or whatever, uh, you know, showing people, you know, here's here's the conference that all of you couldn't come to, but we're showing you here. Um, here's, you know, an important person involved in video games who's going to explain this thing for us for five minutes here. That would make sense to do a live stream thing, but it doesn't, I don't think everyone should always do a video every podcast for every topic, every show. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I I agree with that. And then it it's funny because number one here leads into number two, upload your video to YouTube. And I feel like if you're making video, if you're doing the live stream video thing and you've got the video and the video itself is somewhat compelling to watch, it doesn't have to be super fancy, but it's more than just, you know, a static image of your podcast art with your audio behind it, then okay, if you've got that, you can upload it to YouTube. Otherwise, I'm still waiting for some wide-ranging, compelling evidence for someone to tell me why if your primary product is a podcast, you should also put it on YouTube, unless you also have really compelling video and most people who are just doing audio podcasts don't so. right and i think though like okay there are some instances where it would make sense like the knitting podcast if you're talking about here's the thing i knitted you know people yeah. can see it that makes sense to me if you're doing a video game related podcast and you want to show people there's this thing in game i just did here's a video of me doing it let me talk you through what i'm what i'm pointing out here that makes sense you know but if you've yeah. just got, you know, a person with a microphone staring at the camera with really nothing special going on in the background, um, which most people that start are going to have that kind of thing. They're not going to have a lot of stuff. Um, is it really, do you really need it on YouTube? And are there that many people that are looking for video versions of audio podcasts on YouTube in the first place? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess the idea is if it's on YouTube, you know, more people have a potential to run into it. But at the same yeah. time... You know, with, with YouTube, um, if you've got some music in the background and someone else thinks they own it, you know, you're going to run into that problem. Whereas you wouldn't necessarily yeah. have that problem as quickly if you just did the audio version. Um, so I don't know. I mean, so far the first two things are like do a video, you know, do a live stream video and then put your video on YouTube. So we're talking about video. We're not really talking about audio podcasting at this point. Yeah, well, and understand that this uh, the, this person that came up with this list is talking about, you know, these are things that you should be doing in addition to the podcast that you're already making. And he's just suggesting that these are things you can do, not necessarily things you should do. And there's a couple of things here that are, you know, I guess they make sense. Again, if you're doing kind of a business thing, turn podcast episode into lead magnet uh, See, that just feels weird to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, if you're a business person that. and a lot of people are doing it for business, um, you know, then maybe that's a thing, and they want to know how they can, you know, uh, some one of the paragraphs in here says something about you know grow your email list, that kind of phrase, and yeah. I, I just have like um, I don't know an aversion to a lot of the business corporate kind of lingo right. and things like that. It's not for me personally, but yeah. I mean, I know that there's others that do want that, but. I don't know. I mean, we're kind of going back to the, you know, do not start a podcast article going, if this is all just <laughs> to get an email list, do you really need this podcast? Yeah. You know? All right, Jen. Well, what's the last item on our list this time? Okay. So the last one is an article article from Split Cider written by Nathan Rabin, and it is titled, Why Are Podcasters So Sensitive to Both Criticism and and praise, which yeah. is a really interesting concept here, and it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good article. Um, there's a lot of stuff in here, but it's 
you know, it's it's kind of talking about, well, you know, this almost ties into why we don't have people reviewing podcasts, you know? True. Because, <laughs> I mean, you have this other side of things. Um, you could, like, okay, I'm going to read an article, or an article, I'm going to read a paragraph from the article in explaining some of this. I've also known podcasters to get upset about receiving the wrong kind of praise for yes. the wrong kinds of episodes <laughs> or for highlighting the wrong aspects of a podcast. I know a podcast producer who was annoyed that a project he was involved in was compared to the Beatles, which he thought was insultingly inapt. True, it wasn't a particularly accurate association. But you know you have high standards for praise when you take being compared to the consensus choice for greatest rock group ever as an amb ambiguous slight. You know, you're going to have um people that are upset about how you praise their podcast yeah you know not just the people where you could be like oh you know this podcast's good but i think they need to work on their audio or uh, maybe they should stick to uh their topics a little better instead of going off the rails or whatever you know, whatever it is that you think you would, would want to criticize um you know, it's, you're going to make people, podcasters angry from that. But even saying like, hey, your podcast is like the Beatles. It's fabulous. I mean, someone got mad about that, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of strange to think about. Um, but yeah, why are podcasters so sensitive to both criticism and praise? And I think I kind of know the answer. It's not in the article. But, sure, go um, ahead. Okay, so my background is in education and specifically art education. So that means I spent a lot of time in high school and in college creating art and having it critiqued by not only my professor or teacher, but also the class around me, okay? And mm -hmm. this is an incredibly difficult thing to do, to share your art or your podcast, mm -hmm. you know, with mm -hmm. the world, in person, with people sitting next to you that you have to see again in class, you know, for the rest of the semester or the rest of the school year. Um, and have them tell you what they like and don't like about your art, okay? Yeah. And it's it's really hard to handle at first. And after a while, you start to grow a thicker skin and you can really take in what people are saying and use the useful parts of it, you know? But when you start off, it's just really painful emotionally because, you know, here you've put all your passion into this piece of creativity and somebody's going to say, well, you should have used more green, you know? I mean, it, that's kind of, you kind of feel like, this isn't helping me, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Or they're going to say, oh, I really love this thing you did and talk about what they see in your art that you never intended to be there and now you're kind of confused, you know, that kind of thing happens as well. But you're also going to get people that are going to go, it sucks, and then point out all the reasons why it sucks. And if this is like something you've put your passion into that is meaningful to you, it's heartbreaking to have to hear that. And it's really hard to hear it from people in your class that you have to you have to work with these people. You have to see them. You have to go you know, to, through the next critiques with these people. Um, you know, the, if it's your professor doing it, it's even worse, you know, this kind of thing. Um, so I think that podcasting is really new and we don't really have uh, a lot of, if any, specific courses in college, say, or high school even, saying, here, you're going to be a podcaster. Let me teach you the art. You know, let me teach you the tech. Let me teach you how this all works. Yeah. Let's critique each other's work. You don't have that yet. So you've got people doing um, a, a form of art or entertainment that they do privately in their own homes for the most part with friends of theirs that they know well, that they like to talk to. And to have some stranger on the internet somewhere say, oh, you know, I don't really like what you did here, or you should have done this differently, or you, you, you suck at this, this other guy over here does it better, or something like that. They don't have the background I have from going through critiques in art class, you know? Yeah. They don't have that yet. They're still, you know, the 15-year-old the 
you know, blushing away furiously and hoping no one will ask too many questions about their work. You know, there's still the 15 year old going, um, you know, one person said a negative thing. So I'm terrible at this and I should just quit. I'll never get any better. You know, um, that kind of introverted, like emotional stuff that happens when you share your creativity with the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's the problem is most podcasters don't come from a background of having experience with critique being critiqued publicly um in ways that they can't erase you know if you write an article about this podcast oh i like this but i didn't like that or you know they're the beatles and they don't like the beatles or they don't like the comparison you yeah. know um the podcaster can't take down your blog you know true they can comment or whatever the critique you do in your classroom kind of disappears after that day as far as no one else could come in and, and watch that critique occur or read about it, really. But with podcasting, it kind of stays. And the other problem is, if you know this, which you all do now that I'm telling you about it, if you know this, that podcasters are going to be, you know, as this article here says, podcasters are like finicky cats. They want to be petted and adored, but only in a very specific matter. Right. manner. There are multiple ways to piss off podcasters and, you know, ignoring them by leaving them out of a re weekly rotation can do it. You know, things like this. It's a very touchy group as a whole, you yeah. know? Um, so if you know, if you're someone going, hey, that's a great idea in that other article. We really should be reviewing podcasts. I'm going to do it. And then you know all of this. You're going to go, maybe not. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> because you're yeah. going to get feedback and you're going to get comments. You know, podcasters, I think, are many, if not all, are somewhat obsessive about what kind of reviews am I getting? How many downloads am I getting? Sure. You know, all the kind of stuff. You know, you're very into all that. So you're going to be more motivated than, you know, like if I hang a painting in an art show, I'm not going to know what everyone says. You know, they yeah. might, you know, the, the person that reviews it in the paper, if, if at all, may, you know, generate comments that might talk about my art, but it's just this tiny thing and I can just leave it be if I want. Podcasters, though, have an, you know, if, if I am an angry podcaster and I do not like what you've said about my podcast, I can get on my next podcast and make it the topic. You know? Yeah. And uh, there are ways of doing that, which would be sort of a rebuttal. And there are ways of doing that, which are an attack and are really wrong. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's not only will your review of a podcast possibly anger someone unintentionally, even if you love it, but there's going to be repercussions, you know? Yeah. And it's going to continue. And uh, I think maybe this is something that needs to be taught. Like we, we are at the point where we need classes in college possibly even high school if possible, um, doing this kind of stuff. You know, here's how you make a podcast. Now let's listen to each other's podcasts. Let's critique it. You know, that aspect. I think we need that portion and we don't have it here. And you have it with almost everything else. You have it with art. If you're a writer, you've gone through writing classes and had things critiqued publicly by your peers. Um, if you're a musician, you know, any gig you do, you're getting critiqued publicly. <laughs> you know, if yeah. you're an actor, you know, even your tryout, you know, is a critique. So we don't have this in podcasting. And I think that's why so many people are so incredibly sensitive about it in a way that you don't generally see very often with these other types of creativity. And I've gone on a lot about that. Sorry. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. Okay. Well, I think we've uh, said enough for this episode. Do you have anything else you want to add? I think I've said it all right there. <laughs> I think okay. that's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. This has been Podcaster News Show episode 38. Uh, you can find us on the, the net at podcasternews.com. 
And you can follow me on Twitter at Shawno, S-H-A-W-N-O, Jen. I'm at Queen of Haiku on Twitter. I am not on Facebook or really anything else um, for the most part. My account on Twitter is a private account. And if you send me a follower request and I can figure out that you're doing it because you're listening to the show, then of course I'll accept. All right. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. And with any luck, we'll be back with you in a couple weeks. Bye, people. <laughs>